Hello and welcome to When Will It End? We're doing, for the first time in a while, some pre-taping, so we could be dead when this gets released. Right. Can you schedule it to be like like a robot will release it? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do some goodbyes and some like thought words of wisdom? This is going to be our last franchise? Well, I'm saying we're, we're pre-recording, oh, case, so we could be case, dead. So we might as well just like add a little intro where we say how we feel. Um, I love you. You've been a great friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always knew this day would come. That we might die. Yeah, well, yeah. no, that we will. Unless unless Elon or whatever. Someone told me, and by that I mean I heard it on a podcast, that <laughs> we're, if we live longer, <laughs> it'll, it'll just be like, too. we'll like be 80 for longer, not like virile and young for longer. I mean, they've been saying X is the new Y for Z now. Hey, they were saying Orange is the new Black, sure. but what happened to that show? I don't know, actually. It's She's that lady, Taylor, whatever, who was in that show. She's in Pam and Tommy. I don't know what that is. Which is fucking great. I don't know what that is. It's the Seth Rogen produced movie about the uh, Tommy Lee Pamela Anderson sex tape. Oh, right, right, right. I want to see that. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I want to see it. Three episodes deep. I'm loving it. Charles Hobby, welcome to Unworld End. We watch the movies. Wait, are we still dead or something? Uh, No. Do you want to say anything? Mm, You covered most of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe I'm just... I guess, yeah, Wink. No, Wink will still be alive. Wink Wink will be fine. Someone just take care of Wink. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Welcome to When Will It End. Um, Charles has never seen the Jackass anything. Yeah. Which is such a foundational part of my life and like being a stupid shithead. It's amazing. Um, We're coming, this is coming out of um, our Versaverse where we sort of looked back and you showed me Harold and Kumar. You showed me Austin Powers. Like it, I'm surprised that you're as like erudite and smart and, you what you're just looking at me now well you're you're listing qualities about me so i was just being oh, bas- right. i was basking it. in the glow well, yeah, i know you like Go a lot on. of dumb shit when you're charming funny yeah. here's yeah. the thing we're living through this time right now where we're watching a certain kind of elite attitudes get stomped to the ground really dramatically and i think there's a difference between anti-intellectualism and people mm. being tired of people like I think, look, let's just get right to it. Aaron Sorkin is one of the worst things that ever happened to the world. Probably. And his vision of the West Wing is literally like, I went to Yale, and I'm smarter than you. Sure. And I'm better than you. Yeah. And and then fucking, did you have ever seen the Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip? No, what's that? It was, uh, I want to say it was only one season. It was terrible, but uh, Bradley Whitford and Matthew Perry are producers at an SNL-like show. And it's an Aaron Sorkin movie about. It's a movie. How have I never it's, it's, it's heard of It's a TV series. Oh, okay. Famously, it premiered opposite Thirty Rock, which is so brutal. Oof. Like one show being like, "I'm going to talk about comedy from the standpoint of a, a thinking man, a, 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 a man who's gone to he Harvard." He's a and, thinking man, isn't, isn't he? he? He's isn't a he? thinking man. But like, you should look up clips from it. It's some of the most <laughs> gruesome shit you've ever <laughs> seen. Where like, it's Aaron Sorkin writing what he thinks comedy is, wow. and as it turns out, wow, not very funny. Yeah. Like Tracy Morgan taking his shirt off is literally a thousand times funnier than anything Aaron Sorkin could possibly do. And I'm going to I'm going to maybe preamble and probably go back to this during our conversation of The Jackasses cuz that's what we're doing today. We're watching we watched Jackass. Jeff Tremaine's 2002 classic Jackass colon the movie. Um I, this was already like a commentary on this stuff like it's already i mean obviously it is this stuff but it does like they write jokes they know that what they're doing is more than what they're doing and it's 
it's really it's like it's amazing to see i don't know i fucking miss the 90s the 90s were so all the shit that like the slacker shit and all this stuff that was like seemed really alienating was really interesting well, it, so it seems cool like the, D- the DIY attitudes that were spurred by the hippie movement and the punk movement and the development of alternate cultures and alternate economies uh, did stoke a lot of people going out and just doing their own thing and doing it very directly. Because, like, what is Slacker about? Richard Linklater writes a weird love letter to Austin that's a formless ramble through Austin and it's wonderful and I would say uh watching it uh later well you know as a I watched I, I saw it like in high school and I was it was completely lost on me <laughs> it's like this fucking sucks this, is, this movie sucks shit it's so funny my dad and like that generation was like so scared of like the slacker and I think that's why especially after you know the hippies and all this stuff like drugs was such a it like it, they just it, it like made that one to one like oh if you take drugs you're gonna be like brain dead and not produce for society which is like the ultimate capitalist nightmare is when you have a percentage of your population being slackers. Well, the concept of like the you know perpetual growth is the health of anything in capitalism. Yeah, and any movement that's like nah, what if we did fucking absolutely nothing <laughs> just... and like looked around a little bit? And then Jack has this thing. The next step is like not just nothing, but we are actively destroying ourselves for no reason. Right. And and, and okay, so you know it's funny because when we first talked about Survivor, you you reflected an attitude that like for example, my parents definitely still have about reality TV or like reality TV. They don't do anything. Well, I got it from my parents. Yeah, because they like they taught me like don't watch TV, only watch movies, and especially reality television. When that started coming around, I was like, this is pointless. Right, because because they're from an era of of where prestige was this idea where even people who were iconoclastic or rebels at the time, like a Spielberg or a Scorsese, they wanted to be big directors. They were trying to make movies and, and be a part of that palace. And, and to watch something like Jackass, which pretty much emerged from a bunch of shitheads making extreme prank videos and Johnny Knoxville being an out of work actor, shooting himself in the chest with a 38, just to like get the attention of anybody. I mean, that that's, it's amazing. And I think what's so cool about this is that my big takeaway from the Jackass movies is very simple. You can hate all of this. You can think it's sophomoric, pedestrian, grotesque, embarrassing, sad. And certainly the lives of many of these men will are grotesque, sad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but you watch these movies and you will see things that you will never see anywhere else you'll be confronted with images and ideas that you will never never run into in your day-to-day life it's it's true i i think there was there were i i I, i've always been mildly i don't really like pain in a lot of ways (laughs) i like fictionalized violence because it's removed enough that i allow it to become the metaphor whatever that it's fucking doing I mean, unless it's like martial arts, which is just sort of like exciting to watch because it's also contained. But when it's just raw violence, like I never watch any other than like when I was a kid, maybe that's what started it. But like, I don't watch police shootings. I don't watch like shit where there's like real violence happening. And like, this is still through the mask of some sort of fiction, but it's way closer than like a movie where people do the same shit. Well, th- and that's the thing. Like you're with Jackass, you're experiencing something. Yeah, you're really experiencing something. And the fact that like they can wrench pathos out of, you know, Aaron McGinney dressed as a mouse crawling through a room filled with mouse traps. 
Right like, that's it. insane. And that's it, the thing is they always take it that next step. Like, you know, they, they could have just had a man get hit by one mousetrap. That sucks. And it's like, oh, no, let's put him in a room full of mousetraps. And they're just like, well, why don't we just dress him up like a mouse, too? It's just they always push it to this, like, so extreme that it becomes... I forget what... Oh, yeah, the like the the department store boxing match already it's a giant man beating up someone that has no idea how to defend himself but like why do we put this in front of people in a department store and i think that's the like next step that really brings it to it's funny but it also it really is like it is blends real life with fake real life but then you realize no everything here is just real and it's just people doing shit that no one else is ever going to do yeah, uh, I totally agree. The thing about that human reaction is so important. And, you know, there's like so many prank shows and most of them haven't really stood the test of time. Like I was, I can't remember, maybe it was in the car with you, but I brought up a Trigger Happy TV, a show that I thought was like, the it was a hidden camera show. And it was just, you know, Oh yeah, you did bring it up and, and I had the same, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, and like it was just yeah. one of these things that was syndicated non-comedy central constantly for a certain window of time. And, and like, no one seems to remember that, for example. But like the the unlikely success of Jackass, like we're we're recording this in honor of Jackass Forever coming out, which is the twenty year anniversary of this movie series. That's crazy. Which is so That's nuts. Like we just came out of the Matrix, and that was also a twenty year, right? Twenty. Twenty plus. Twenty ish. Yeah. Ninety nine to two thousand. I guess, well, I guess there were sequels. Technically. So. Well, I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, yeah, like it, it's funny to go back to this turn of the century stuff and 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 get a a sense of like where culture was at because like this movie broke everyone's brains. Like this was such a. I was twelve when this came out, and I I don't know if I would let my twelve year old watch this, but really? I certainly watched it. I would. Yeah. Well, I guess. The, yeah. How, how, fuck yeah. Why not? Child Protective Services. I will leave a timestamp. In the I think comments. what the the goal is to show them shit that's not as like you you can't just start of course with like all right it's your twelfth birthday son you can now watch Jackass no you like you start off showing them weird shit when they're six don't have this on tape Charles and then you get, sort of get there so that when it's twelve so you've really groomed them for uh, a yeah, violent want, prank show yeah I want them to be a, okay so I want a little slacker in my life a little tiny slacker Giant Knoxville loves Buster Keaton. Yes. And involved in this movie are, are like legitimate filmmakers like Lance Bangs and Spike Jones, who very clearly, in addition to being skaters and being involved in skate culture, like Spike Jones, like totally gets what is the X factor about this. I remember, sorry for a tiny story about the bonus, like the DVD for Where the Wild Things Are had this scene where they needed to get the dog to run and bark at the same time to chase the boy as he's running home from his in, his encounter with the things. And they couldn't get the dog to both run and bark at the same time. And Spike Jones was like, what if I skateboarded past the dog? And that was when I learned that Spike Jones was a little skater boy. And it worked. It worked. Yeah. And, well, and Spike Jones loves that fine line between... Basically, Jackass is a living cartoon. We're watching people enter Looney Tunes. Yeah. And all the you watch in a, in a cartoon, a, you know, a cat hitting a mouse with a fucking... I, you know cast iron pan and you wince watching the cartoon because it's like a fucking horrifying concept but in jackass they're literally doing that like yeah. they're and there it is like if you can sit through that and get like i mean i understand plenty of people being disgusted by jackass or not liking it but like certainly at this point in my life where i have that 
crossed over my everything because I'm like 31 and you know, there's nothing new in the world for me. It's mm. all just going to be sort of the same things. That sounds nice to me. It's that not sounds, so bad. Sounds nice to me. But like, I know this is it's consensual. None of them died doing it. Unlike uh, making an Alec Baldwin movie, and like <laughs> they're. Well, I'm not gonna say they're okay. <laughs> a lot of them are not okay. But look, this is your first time watching it, which is so crazy to me. Uh, I remember my dad and I watched this on a plane together, like traveling, wow, and it was this iconic dad son thing. Just piss yourself laughing. And but so, what, what are your impressions of Jackass the movie? Well, I think you brought up Buster Keaton, and I'm gonna get less. Cere- I think my immediate response is to cerebralize it, just to like not throw up, but. It's interesting to see, like, Buster Keaton was one of my heroes growing up. I almost became a stuntman, and I used to fall downstairs and do this shit as well. And I don't think I would ever push myself to this level, but to me it's interesting that Buster Keaton's physical comedy, and almost all physical comedy, is to pretend you're getting hurt, but do it in a way that actually doesn't. And that's like, Buster Keaton was the king of, like, almost getting hurt all the time. And it obviously in the real life, he did get hurt from some stunts. But like, you're not watching it to see Buster get hurt. You're watching him survive. And this is watching people get hurt. And it's a very different experience than a Buster Keaton or any other special effects or stuntman work where you're, again, it's all back to the illusion. Like the illusion is that someone's getting hurt, but you know they're okay. And here's like, just like six dudes doing shit on purpose to kill themselves. And you're like, oh my god, they didn't die. That's crazy. So it's, I had a lot of, I it's, it was way more fun. I was expecting to come in and like have to like, you know, be like, oh, that was fun. That, that was a good time, Josh. And then just like not like give it a two stars on Letterbox. But I actually think it's a really great idea, and it really is successful, and it really made me. I I was like brought back to an era which I miss that I didn't really realize I missed, but also it was just like hard not to just stay present throughout all of it it's a pretty amazing movie yeah and again i can't stress enough i truly think they get better for like yeah i think two is unbelievable i think the best of three is incredible and the first hour of four that i saw before the sound crapped out in my theater i was crying crying laughing in my seat At, at certainly there's one of the bits in the fourth movie that is an instant instant contender for my single favorite jackass thing cool yeah Yeah, i mean this starts off really slow it's like i mean yeah i guess he almost gets run over but it's not really an immediate pain or death situation you sort of like oh i guess that could have gone bad but like the it was more of a joke it was like what if we rented a car and returned it destroyed and that's where you see like they are writing jokes i mean you did mention there was a line but i can't imagine that that was like ad-libbed well no it definitely was ad-libbed for sure that's knoxville he's fucking hilarious well that's so that's what i mean like he's just a Knoxville is like a living Bugs Bunny. He's like a guy who like takes all of the hits and, and still then has is a com- like has a comeback for getting punched. Right. He, and he again, gets a comeback it, for the punch. There's something so beautiful about this guy who wanted to be an actor and was like, well, I don't think that's going to happen. And then pulling this out of fucking thin air and becoming the guy who will get his fucking balls crushed by a bowl over and over and over again. As someone who has seen this movie many times, uh, it is funny to think that we see very little bowl stuff in this and the rest of the movies are pretty bowl heavy. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of bowls attacking men in the future installments. Oh, wow. And I kind of, I kind of, I kind of missed the bowl. Jackass to me is like, it gets a five for me on letterboxd or whatever. Cause it's just like, 
a classic American piece of folk art to me. It's so beautiful. And he wanted to cerebralize it a little bit and get into the philosophical component of Jackass. And I think there's so much to read into with it. Yeah. You, you are watching a ritual humiliation and destruction, and it is so liberating. It is. Yeah, I think it, it really does sort of what that whole generation was about was like doing shit not for any purpose, but also doing shit that no one else will do. I think we're so it does. It's like we are scared of being weird, you know, because you'll get made fun of when you're a kid. You'll, I don't know. You're always so worried. Like most people are worried to do this, and it's amazing to see these guys just like laugh as they are just enduring. Like I think the eating piss was maybe one of my least favorite. The, the yellow snow cone, a classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was interested to ask you about that. I told you going into it that the the paper cuts I find very difficult. That's just for me, some nerve in my brain is extremely sensitive to that sound and that memory of a yeah. paper cut. I really hate it. Oh, you got a bad one. You've had you've had a bad. Oh, one. I've just I for whatever reason I I have always found paper cuts very upsetting. <laughs> I had this when I was in fifth grade, and who knows if this was deliberate, but there was this kid who I think this teacher didn't really like probably. And he was the perfect, the teacher was just like moving paper in the air and he gave this kid a fucking corneal paper cut. I'm sorry. Oh my God. This is a jackass. Like, this is the jackass episode. You got to get on. I know. I know. It's true. Yeah. And the, and the, the teacher was like, what's going on? Cause like, as the thing with paper guys, like it's like, you, know, you can't even imagine that this little thing would do that to somebody. And, Dude, paper's fucked up. Paper's fucked Ugh. up. It's just like, it goes woof, 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 but then swing. And it made from trees. Crazy. Wow. So you mentioned the yellow snow cone. Uh, generally, you don't like people eating uh, urine, feces, things of that nature. Again, it's like it brought it to this thing because he just he just did it. He pissed in a, in a snow cone and then ate it himself. And it's like, fuck, this guy is just cr-. Well, th- there's that look that you get to see in the eyes of these guys that it's like really the most impressive part of the entire endeavor where like Johnny Knoxville is about to get shot with a fucking beanbag flying at 250 feet a second. And he looks fucking yeah, miserable. That's That was a stunt where everyone was just like... When they cut to everyone, they're just sort of like, "Ooh, boy!" They, they do more riot control testing stuff. There's a few where people are like on the verge of having like uh, nervous breakdowns. But, but there's that that thing of like, we live in a terrifying time. It, this came out in 2002, certainly at a time where everyone's paranoia and fear was at an unbelievable level. Yeah, and there is like something about that catharsis of seeing people confront fear and overcoming it, and like laughing about the thing that happened almost instantly. Yeah, and like. I'm not saying that watching Jackass a lot will make you braver. It maybe it might make you stupider, uh, as far as like the, the, it's made me smarter. Sure, I'm well, already using this brain that I rarely get to use. So. We started with a low bar for that. Sure, so. yeah, we've already. I've, I've definitely. What's the opposite of a a peak? I guess a valleyed. That's a valley. Yeah, I valleyed, and then I think I made a valley plateau. But Jackass got me a little uh, back up the hill on the other I'm side. Up that mountain. Well, well, maybe I won't say a mountain. That's a little presumptuous of me. I'm gonna fuck up his name. It's like Roger Allen Wade or something. But the 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 song over the credits at the end that we hear, if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. Mm. That sort of becomes the theme song of the series. And Karen O does a version of it for the third movie. I think oh, it's the wow. third movie, and it's uh, I love it. But uh, I mean, I feel like there's no way to spoil the series, but just to give you a sense of like what's to come, like. John Waters is in the second one. Cool. Uh, NFL players yeah, show I up. Like what's... everyone kind of wants a Mike. Mike Judge and Luke Wilson both appear in things that don't even make it to the movies that are hysterical. 
That's good. Uh, Mike Judge uh, inflates a man's asshole with bellows, and then Preston Lacey gets jokes. You know, I've always wanted to work with Mike Judge. <laughs> so I don't know. Like people, people picked up on how special this is, and uh, Eric Andres in the fourth in the fourth one, and mm. I don't know. It it, it feels. Like it's an institution. I hope they don't make a fifth movie. <laughs> like they can't keep doing this. Like, yeah. Uh, I think Knoxville said that he got a, a really bad concussion doing the fourth movie, and he's like, I, I, you know, I'm fifty. I, I can't. I can't believe he's still doing it. It's pretty like, crazy. I, I feel like there was a turning point when I was like twenty eight, where you know I fell down and it took longer to heal and it hurt more, and I did. I was actually like unprepared for the fall. Like it's it's fun watching football. I think that's why when you're young and you watch football or something, it's like you don't really think about, or maybe I didn't anyway. I didn't think about them getting hurt because it's like I couldn't do that with them, but I could do that. And nowadays, I don't know that I could like fall right anymore without hurting myself. Well, it's like with skiing. Like I skied for a long time when I was a kid, and I'm definitely at a point where it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever skiing again because like if that goes wrong now, I like what changes. Because, like, you don't think about it. <laughs> I remember when I was in, like, middle school and my friend was like, oh, you fall really well. Like, and it's just like, I don't, I never had to think about how to fall. But I played Frisbee last summer and I just, like, tried to lay out and I ended up breaking a rib. It's like, what the fuck? What changed? I don't know why it matters. Well, you're vegan now and uh, there's nobody to get calcium. Really? What's your calcium intake like? like? I just eat bones. I eat bones, too. But that's not vegan. I eat my own bones. Which bones you eat? Man, I can see all of your bones. No, I would you know can't. if one was missing. No. Your boner isn't a bone. Well, I eat a I eat the finger bones. Amy's a hand therapist. So if she has extra hand parts, she she hides she them. brings them back. Yeah, it's not really allowed. And as we've established, even for vegans, uh eating cannibalism is vegan. Mhm. It's an apex predator. You're eating an apex predator. I don't know that that's what that's not how I think about vegan. You're saving the lives of other animals by eating humans. No, I don't care about the individual lives of other animals. I care about the uh, larger okay. impact. Right. So yeah. I think we'll, eating... we'll just link to the Joaquin Phoenix speech. Thank you. Can you I drop can, that I in I can here? do it by heart, actually. I'm sure. There's a cow. I, I knew a cow. Yeah. And um, its boy was taken from it at the tit. Wow. And I, I met that boy That's later. That's sobering stuff. Um, hey, so... I'm not done. No, we're done with that. Okay. Let me ask you this. You asked, like, how are we going to handle the series very logistically on our walk down to the studio? I am con- I'm not concerned, but I'm excited. But I want to ask a more basic question awesome. of, like, how are you going to handle MVP? Because, like, for me... Oh, I, I already I've... have mine. Oh, really? One. Yeah, that was easy. absolutely. Okay. I think Is it there's... Butterbean? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. He's awesome. Is he a famous boxer I, mean, I don't know he's like yeah he's like a boxer i mean it's he like seems a, scary i would I definitely mean, give up he's scary in the sense of if someone's job is to box you shouldn't start a fight with that guy no he'll beat your ass also i think you know knoxville was not in his weight class i'm definitely not in his weight class no yeah you basically knoxville is butterbean to you probably yeah, yeah. i love that butterbean was like just punch me like that that's an amazing like this, that's why this movie gets to a different place because it's like you see a man who's also just doing his own thing who takes punches for a living and he's so confident in his in his ability that he's like oh you can punch me as hard as you want in the head i don't care i will still gash your head and that's part of the beauty where it's like you know you you watch people confront what to anyone else would be the worst part of their year and it's just like 
done with a laugh and like that's the beauty of it that you can do something entirely unproductive just to make your fucking friends laugh for two minutes and and it's fine who gives a shit like yeah. it's you know i'm actually nice. curious about the fourth one i'm not gonna curious too much because we have questions to ask and things but like i can imagine now like can you imagine the riot gear testing I'm just imagining another director like having montages of the 2020 like protest movements in the background and shit. Like, I think that's why these work is that either the slacker movement was so only focused on what they wanted to do, not really seeing the larger ramifications, or they were. But like, you don't need to push the point. The point goes in places because it's so physical, it's so human that when you see someone getting shot with riot gear on purpose, it's like you know, you automatically think of like, wow, I can't believe they use this on real people in real situations. And like, well, yeah, and this, the, the has, less lethal ammunition, where right. They talk and like, they don't need to make a point of it because it makes so many points on its own. And I don't know. It's not surprising that they were the only ones doing this. And it's definitely not like it didn't pick up steam really. Well, no, I'm sure context. there were a million imitators. Oh, yeah, and certainly like, all of these guys had spinoff stuff. Are I there think any the, now though? Uh, I think they've really kind of, I think they cornered had, the market on moment. this one. It had its moment. And well, I think, like for example, when Johnny when Johnny like ruins his cock, that's like for a side thing for the BMX or Matt Hoffman. It's like not even for a a jackass ugh. movie proper. It's like a straight to DVD bit or something. So like you know, it, they they really like yeah they ate dinner on this. Now uh, Steve O and Pontius had a spinoff show called Wild Boys with Manny, the adorable animal expert. <laughs> Which is a very good show where they travel the world doing more sort of exotic stuff. And then Viva La Bam was the series that just about Bam and his lovely parents fill in April in their Westchester, Pennsylvania mansion. One of the ugliest homes in human history. So, it's like when when she was in her washing dryer place, it's like, wow, how many just like not really that rich. Like that's just like such a starter mansion home situation there. Like the giant washing machine room. Yeah, I mean, it's, I've been the in house is like that. It's the most like McMansion-y, early aughts, like nightmare, like beige fucking siding and shit, you know? <laughs> and like, I don't know, it's so funny. Because like, it is this really weird mashup of like high and low culture where these guys, like, there's a bit where they set off an inflatable raft in Bam's Lamborghini at one point, for example. And like, wow. they, they like, this movie made $80 million off of a $5 million budget. You know, like, this was a huge hit. And set up the rest of their lives. And it's crazy. Yeah, and they had to get permission. So that's the other thing is that they don't show... Like a lot of hidden camera shows are all about the reveal. And there's only one reveal moment. I think it's more of an out... Like, yeah, they do the guy who like sprints away. I think they just thought that was really funny that before like the stunt even started, some guy was like, fuck this, I'm out of oh, here. The burglars bit. Yeah. yeah, that's so fucking good. But because like there's a few people that their faces were still masked, meaning they didn't sign whatever contract they had assigned to be in the movie. So most people do end up knowing what the fuck was going on. And yet that also isn't a part of this movie. It isn't about the real life ever crashing down. It's just like, no, nope, we're stuck in this moment and then we're going to move on to the next 30 second skit. Oh, the pacing is amazing. Like, you know, cutting to like steve-o jumping off a trampoline into a ceiling fan yeah it's like a 15 second bit and it's fucking amazing it's so funny i also think that it's so well edited and put together where you fall into a reverie where at a certain point like i just couldn't stop laughing and like i it's it's so well made and here's what i'm trying to say to go back to the earlier thing about people being like this is stupid and you know fucking just the dumbest thing in the world it's so hard to make people laugh yeah it's so fucking hard 
Yeah. Like, I, I listened to Blank Check, the podcast about movies, and they just did a commentary on the Ghostbusters, but girls edition. Oh, wow. Not even the Ghostbusters, but kids. They're back in the but girls one. Well, they're going through the whole series. And I, I remember okay. that movie, and I like watched the trailer for it. I saw it in theaters. I remember practically it's nothing not about it. Good. It's not not only not good, it's 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 so hard with very funny people right, to make people laugh. It's yeah. really difficult. The new one has fucking Rudd in it. My one of my favorite people on the I'm planet. told the new one's like not funny. And it's not he, it's uh, but not supposed to be not, funny. You get Rudd. Rudd's a funny man. You have the the kids, they're they're funny actors. I, but is it supposed to be funny? I don't know. It wasn't funny. Okay, but is it supposed to be? I think there are moments where it's supposed to be. Yeah, there's this whole fucking scene in Walmart where he's like swarmed by tiny marshmallows. That was supposed to be funny. Wait, like Oh my god! Like the mini version of the first movie? Yeah, it wasn't funny. That fucking sucks. Yeah, there's like a scene where they like jump in a blender. Are you serious? Yeah, they being the mini marshmallows. Yeah, they're in multiple Rudd. scenes. No, no, it's just like it's basically if Jackass that style of filmmaking were just transported to Walmart and marshmallows, and you see like eight different things marshmallows do as they become alive and kill themselves. Well, that sounds horrible. It was bad. I watched Jackass last week, and I and Jackass two, and two point five, and three, and three point five, and the Wait, first hour. Watched four. them all. Yeah, this is wild. I mean, this is like my comfort food. I love that. I was like, maybe we could do The Godfather, and you're like, yeah. And then it seems like I guess that really was the wrong thing. Well, to what suggest. happened was you asked me that, and it was mid January and dark at four o'clock and negative ten, and I was like. That's going to take four and a half hours. Oh, I agree. To do that you. episode, I agree with the decision to and not. After do that. a work day, if we started at six or seven, I would be home at like midnight. Yeah, and I was, and at that point, I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" This movie, eighty-five minutes 80. of magic with a better soundtrack uh, for sure. Yeah, but I was going to say a better um, after credit sequence than any Marvel movies ever done. Yeah, I agree. You're just thinking. Through I'm just all thinking of them. for a minute. Yeah, I was, I was like, tick, tick, tick. it's funny how the fever dream of the MCU has really crashed down so hard. Well, you know? Yeah, because they really they really shot their shot. And to, to to be fair, I really think that Infinity War and Endgame were a delightful cultural moment where they, in very to varying levels of success, pulled off a big event, and it was a fun big event to be yeah, a part of. It's fun to be a part of that. big Yeah, event. and. I, now we're in this other zone that it seems very lost and weird. Well, I've got two ideas about it, and we don't need to talk. We're, we're, we're not even really allowed to talk about the MCU. We sort of allow ourselves Star Wars, but I think MCU is just like deliberately off the table. But I guess this is jackass. We're doing things we're not supposed to do. Um, it's amazing to me how simple you can see that with the birth and death of Iron Man, you see that I don't know that the MCU would have really done anything without no, Robert. no, what? No, exactly. Go th- watch the first three Marvel movies, which is uh, Hulk. Hulk is two, and Iron Man Iron is Man one. Two. What's the first one? Iron Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. The third Hulk. One? Iron Man two. That's it. I think so. Yeah, but no, I get that, your that... point. Hulk was. I have ranked every MC movie. I haven't liked most of them. The Incredible Hulk is still at the very bottom. It is a, a genuinely bizarre movie. Terrible movie. Really bad. And, I, you know, this is coming out, who knows? But so, like, I watched The Eternals recently, but this is probably coming out months from now, probably. I might and again, be dead. 
we might be dead. One of the most diverse movies ever made. Yeah. But like you're talking about big moments. It's just like, what if we just started with the big moment? It's sort of like when I agree that seven is a great place to start with Survivor. But then it's like, what if I just jumped to 20? It's like, no, I haven't earned the, uh, that big moment. And now you have eight, the most eight diverse Avengers ever. And it's a shit. The best tra- one yet. It's a trash movie. And the last three have all been trash. I'm sort of excited about Spider-Man because I feel like he's a little like he grabbed a little bit of Robert when Robert Have you died. seen the trailers for Uncharted? Uh-huh. It really seems like Wahlberg is grooming Holland in them. Like a year ago. I was like, I'm okay. so excited for this. That's insane. And you're like, why are you so excited for this? It looks like raw sewage. Well, I played every game. I'm very proud of you. It's Those trailers make it seem like Mark Wahlberg picked up a younger man somewhere. I was like, oh, man, you're so good at making drinks. That's crazy. Seen, uh, I haven't seen Mark in a movie in forever. So I know. It's been ex- so I'm long. I'm excited to see him back in action. But, you know, I'm thinking about a guy like Mark Wahlberg or whatever. The, the thing about Jackass that's so wonderful is that like they have very complex interpersonal relationships and surely they are often very upset with each other for very reasonable things but there's that beautiful like i'm gonna let my friend completely humiliate me and you think about like a mark Wahlberg who like literally couldn't handle andy samberg doing a mark Wahlberg bit on snl like he called him like a big nose jew on late night if you remember that whole thing no i don't it was fucking great he's a very sensitive person being such a total bigot asshole well that's the thing you like the the beauty of like jackass is that you're transported to a world where ego is impossible because you're going to be drinking horse cum and getting a concussion it's impossible to look cool doing that i don't know they still look pretty cool (laughs) so let me ask you this just a spoiler for two where we at we're halfway a spoiler for two the transformation in the physical appearance of the cast from one to two is remarkable really yes they all look this is the most fresh face that we really see them they really start to look they i i was a little taken aback at the transition in how everybody looks from one to two now a lot of this is contextual bam margera who suffers from substance misuse disorders pretty aggressively and is really in a terrible place in 2022 it seems um at this time certainly uh was very fully in a a phase where he was bulimic because his family if you saw phil not a bunch of small men in the margera family no um so he was both an alcoholic and bulimic um all of these guys uh take a lot of very intense physical injuries uh you know ryan dunn had a series of duis before his death drunk driving after the third movie uh there's all like they all sort of i'm not trying to diminish or be like oh they got old and fucking looked shit like you know these guys struggled with hard lifestyle hard lifestyle but in this movie i want your hunk rating okay because i think it's going to change over time okay let me bring up some those casts because i don't i honestly they looked some of them looked sort of Obviously, they're not the same. Person. Don't say that all white guys look the same. They, look sort they had of a big fat guy and a little guy. <laughs> That's true. Um, okay, I can re- reel them off from memory. No, I need to see their pictures. Oh, their pictures. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't you know? You're going to look up their pictures and find oh, pictures right, of them. Right. Twenty twenty-two. So hard. Okay, let me look at the okay. list. Oh. I got from reverse order, and this might. Uh, they're all hunks. Uh-huh. Just so you know, I'm not saying any okay. of them are ugly. You have to rank all of them. Saying so pick, it's mean to rank all of them. Just pick a few that you think are hunky. Who are your okay? Who'd you go on? Because it's funny because I I know I know some women who like fully are like this is not for me. This is dudes drinking their own pee. And I know some women who are like I love and these guys. They're funny and sweet. And then be like, well, actually, it's dudes uh, pissing into snow and then eating. Eating yellow snow cone. Yeah. 
and then I know like women who are like, oh, these are funny, charming, like you know, goofballs who are, who are very attractive. So like it's I've true. heard all manner of reaction to it. Um, I I'm, would le- say... I'm leaving out men because obviously, look, we're men. We'll fuck yeah. anything. It make it doesn't even count really. What do you this this is the, we might even cut this out. It's not bad, but it's like, what do you think is the the fact that we have these dangling bits that are so important and sensitive that could easily be snatched away by a, a shark or a bowling ball? Well, th- that's the thing that's about like, watching this is that you have these muscles, but you have the dangling. A fake nut shot. After you do what I've been doing and like just fully bathing and jackass for like a week and a half straight of just watching like jackass shit over and over again. Watching a fake nut shot is so shitty and lazy and fucking lame. Even like a fake slap. It's like it's funny to watch them just slap each other. That's so much funnier. And, you know, right. the nut shots only go on, as you can imagine, prolifically over the course of the series. And it does really ruin any fake physical comedy. It's just so much worse than watching. When you watch these movies, it's, like it's an actual person falling down a flight of stairs, like dressed like a fucking bowling ball or whatever. Like it's, that shit's. It's impossible to capture how funny it is to watch someone get hurt. Yeah. But it's just, it's interesting. They mentioned a few times, like, they're laughing and being funny. Like, well, I hope I don't lose my penis. And, like, it is this, like, strange, like, that's what they seem to care about, even though they put their penis in jeopardy over and over again. They're not worried about blinding themselves or breaking any bones. All they talk about is losing their cocks. Well, in, in our Austin Powers Versaverse, we talked about how Mike Myers' naked id revealed his constant fear of losing his sexual impotence or constant fear of not being sexy or sexually active and like that seems to hang over all of his work like a terrifying <laughs> grim reaper and in this like they're like deliberately attaching electrodes to their balls to shock them because it's funny yeah that's it amazing funny. so the hunk meter i think i'm going to choose four okay while sure. they all are hunks um i think steve-o is the least attractive of the hunks Okay, but he's still a hunk. Yeah, he's got he's like especially from the neck down. <laughs> he's just muscles and he's spelt. His face looks a little devilish, you know. Like I couldn't quite trust him, and I, I, I I'm a man that needs a trusting relationship. Otherwise, I cower in fear and cry. Well, I mean, uh, certainly, I think watching a man uh, tightrope walk over alligators with raw chicken dangling from his jockstrap and snorting wasabi doesn't always engender trust in people. So I get that. But even like his happy tattoo on his back, like there's just something a little bit mischievous about him that that Steve takes a few points off the hunk meter. Okay, um, I think. Let's go with actually. Let's just do three. I've That's just, fine. No one cares. Yeah, I've decided that I'm I'm going to take Bam out. He's a little too boyish and just like he doesn't have the hunk. Well, he turns into more of a chunk pretty quickly as the. Well, I wasn't saying. I'm just saying like he's he doesn't have the hunk. But I would say that uh, Wee Man is the next. He's my my second favorite hunk. He's a beautiful man. I he's a beautiful man. Didn't like it when his hair got cut because you know me. I love a good haircut. And sure, he's he got a few times. Did you like the big cone? Yeah, the big cone. The big really cone's fun. great. I think the big cone is so funny. Yeah, that and to me is such a simple and elegant bit. When he kicked himself in the head, I was like, oh, "Can I do that?" No, no, you don't think so? I tr- I'm not going to try. I it. don't think you could. I think you would hurt yourself horribly. Yeah, you would fall over almost immediately, and I don't think your hips can do that. Okay, and then of course uh, Johnny Knoxville is the hunk of hunks. He is the star of the show in every way, but he also is like, I think he. He carried. There's a lot of tense shit going on, and even at his most tense, he's still very cool. 
Yeah, he has that game time attitude that you can't. It's it's you know, it's like in your blood. You either have it or you don't. Yeah, he's just very like. Whenever I don't know, he's just he's he's very loose. Well, he's like your cool older brother or uncle, and like as much as he pranks and bullies people and provokes people into doing truly ridiculous shit, I mean his fearlessness is unbelievable. It's and it, it, it's a quality of 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 personality that really is generational. And it's funny because like, I'm sure we all know someone like this, but like he was like, I'm gonna film it. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> if we have any Zoomers listening. Like, is this is this a thing that exists anymore? I don't know. I've like you, I don't. I'm, I'm not, sure that there's idiots doing. Are stupid there Jackass stuff. T- TikToks? Well, Jackass Four introduces some new cast members out of necessity for some of the stunts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, out of Bam being uh, sidelined for repeatedly violating Paramount, trying to get him to do urine tests and stay sober, and that didn't really work out. Mm. Um, I'm told he's still in it for one bit, but I didn't see it because the sound died an hour into my screening. Right. Womp womp. Yeah. There's, uh, there's been all this talk lately with the the release of that that new movie, Memoria. The guy who did Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives. You heard about this guy? No, I haven't. Oh, I don't know that you'd like him. He spends, he's like on the record being like, I'm honored if you fall asleep during my movies. He just sort of likes. I like that attitude. Yeah, he just likes That's creating cool. spaces where you can drift in and out. And, you know, obviously it's nice to experience the whole thing, but he doesn't seem to really care. Which okay, I really counterpoint. Like. A, a good movie nap? Oh. Woo! First time I saw Thor Ragnarok, which is not a movie you're supposed to nap through, I slept through much of the second half of that movie. Had a great time. I basically caught all the Jeff Goldblum stuff, fell asleep, and then woke up, and there was more Carl Carl Urban stuff, and I was like... Yeah, I think what a movie nap really helps you is that, like, when you're tired and bored, it, like, the loss of time can be so beneficial, where you, like, you can feel like, I started here, and now it's over, and I didn't get to experience it. There was a time where I, like, went to movies to nap in. Like, when Mm. I had free access to the movie theater, like, it's, especially in the heated recliners, my God. Oh, my God. Those are so cool. They're very wonderful. Yeah. I need to install some of those down here. We should set up, whenever I, your day off schedule is so bizarre to me, but, like. I'm off Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays now. Okay. Well, good to know. That's not that bizarre. Well, it's, Okay. Um, maybe on a Thursday or Friday, I'll take a Thursday or Friday off and we'll do a, like a, we'll be those fucking lunatics. We'll, we'll be just be me already and go to a 10 o'clock screening of something. Yeah. Which is the yeah. best time to go. Jack Listeners, up. if you're going to go to a movie during the COVID era, it's fine. We got to get, you know, you're going to go to the movies again sometime. Go been. at 10 o'clock in the morning on a weekday. I think it's safe. There's, I told you there's a 915 licorice pizza in Pittsfield. 9 a.m.? Yes. That's wild. Truly psychotic. <laughs> and mean, like, this I is a really... new policy. When I worked there, I rolled in. I, there's no way I was ever there at 9 a.m. I like... might have told this story on the podcast before, but we, you are a part of the Midnight Movie Club that we did at the Amherst Cinema. Some of my, honestly, some of my favorite memories. Very fun. But sometimes you get a little sleepy and we're talking movie naps. You don't always want to take the movie nap. And we decided to do the three hour long morning movie club where we'd watch a movie before we open and watch those movies that were way too long to do after hours. So we did like love exposure and we did all these movies that were like literally three hours long. We'd start at, I think like seven and we'd make a little popcorn and get a little sody. And just, it is a very exhilarating time to watch a movie if you're choosing to do it. 
Well, it's also that thing when you come out of the movie theater, I feel like you're usually bracing for it to be nighttime. And, and if you truly get lost in a film and, and, it's, and you walk out and it's 11 a.m., it's like, holy shit. Yeah, and then like, you have my to start days your, ahead of you me. You start yeah. your shift. That's why we'd have to do it so early because we did it before we opened. You know, it's so funny because, you know, Jeremy is in like a legendary psych rock band. Jeremy's very cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jeremy is definitely the like safe Knoxville of that crew that I worked with. Jer- Jeremy's very sweet and weird. Yeah, yeah. he's cool. But he's so quiet and I'm a, such a loud person that when I'm around quiet people, it makes me feel like I'm being <laughs> completely insufferable. Oh, I can see that. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, so nothing about Jeremy really just like mirrors back that maybe you're doing. But you know what? You, I'm sure if we were to talk to Jeremy, we won't get Jeremy on the show. I would love that. I'm a big um, fan of his music, so that'd be cool. Yeah, then uh, Jeremy can tell you that maybe Jeremy appreciated your boisterousness, and it made him feel like maybe I should be more like Josh. Jeremy once, and this is a reflection on me and not Jeremy, played a key role in one of my most humiliating memories. Oh, was it the Space Jam experience? So close. It was a Space Rock experience. <laughs> when I brought a Hawkwind legend, Nick Taylor, to... Oh, yeah. I went uh, to that show. Yeah. I got and, moshed out. You got moshed out, as you deserved. Um, his clip-on mic for a saxophone fucked up. See, so oh, no yeah. one can hear the saxophone. I remember that. And, and the, you have to understand, from my perspective, I promoted the show. I booked the show. Mm-hmm. I do, I'm not the fucking tech guy. That's someone else's job. In this case, it was someone I know who I'm not going to mention. Don't say it. I won't. Yeah. And they were being very fucking annoying and not dealing with it. But Jeremy came out to me and was like, hey, man, uh, we can't hear the saxophone. And he's like a saxophonist. And I just felt like shit. Where <laughs> I was like, Jeremy's a cool older guy, and he's good at music, and and I'm like, I fucked this whole thing up. But at that point, I was like, completely no, you're like, not. did you, like you weren't in charge of the space, right? No, I, I mean, like I had some responsibilities, but I had over delivered on my end. Yeah, no, that's not your fault. Nick Turner, not Nick Taylor. God damn it, I keep that's fucking right. up. No, Jeremy's gonna hear this now. I'll he's gonna say it. he What's fucked it again. Stamp? I'll, I'll literally do it this time. Remember 40-something, 40 46. How could I forget 46? A fine vintage. Yeah, Jeremy used to roll these fucking cigarettes, no filter, and he just packed them like a cone, and he would just smoke them down to the tip. And I was like, damn. That's so cool. Fucking cool. Smoking's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking sick. I watched the first episode of Mad Men. You've really influenced my life. Yeah. You've influenced my life. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I played I played Slay the Spire for like two hours at work today. Yeah. I, I played a, I'm on almost done with Fall in Stardew Valley. You're so cute talking about finishing seasons. You finished years, bitch. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Uh, um what was I talking about? You're gonna catch up with me. I've slow I've i I've slowed down a lot. Yeah. I, I'm uh, in my mid fifties of hours. <laughs> I've I've gotten to a point where I want to keep going. My relationship is progressing. I I gave my bouquet to Abigail. and I want to get into Abigail. She invited me over to her room, and I had a – remember when you were young and had feelings, and like a girl wanted to hang out with you? You'd feel sick immediately and then feel sick up until the moment you saw her when you would feel more sick? I had that sick feeling in my stomach about Abigail asking me to – so beautiful. Well, this brings me back to I started watching Mad Men today. And he talks about that, where she's like, I'm It's not. my favorite, it's best show. And he's like, I'm not married because I've never fallen in love. And he's like, well, you know, babe, I wrote that line. And uh, he talks about getting sick. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrifying show about a man who projects his inner emptiness onto the world and then is like, oh no, I've created a cage where 
and that I can't escape because ah. I my job is to project my own like horrible amoral emptiness onto everything. It's amazing. It's yeah, a show yeah. that I think literally gets to the heart of what's wrong with America. I got sick of things, but I'm maybe I'm old enough that I will just push them aside and or maybe not even get sick of them anymore. Yeah. I got sick of what's his name, Pete. Yeah, Pete's my favorite. Real character. quick, Pete's, uh, this is my fourth or fifth rewatch, and I think Pete is. I love Pete. I think that Vincent Carthizer's performance is amazing. I think being a real heel and a real villain <laughs> he is, is a real such heel. an accomplishment. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying in general, there are times where people are like, "Oh, I hate that guy in that movie. He made me so mad." Oh, mm. I'm like, yeah, that means he's really good. Or she or they Thank are you. so good at that. That's an incredible accomplishment. I think that's sort of my my how I think about Survivor. The people that I hate the most are like the insufferable losers. Not like I love a Russell. I love someone that like he's a villain. He's a I love a, a villain. real villain. I love you a think hero. About season it's thirteen all the in the middle, and the the team white is literally just the most entitled, boring losers who don't do any except for the Jew and 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 Parvati who are just like delightful for the, and, and we get it. You know, like Parvati talking about Parvati, but like you know fucking you know Adam or Candace or people who are just like boring and lazy and just mean they're not interesting there's like the beauty of a Russell is you know look you can hate Russell but you have to admire that he's like I'm doing a fucking thing also and I'm doing it a hundred percent other than the burning of the socks which is mean everything else is he's not actually okay, that we, mean. we can't go down this road okay we've talked about Mad Men and Survivor and I feel like listeners are like probably mad Get at back us to the the, the so I think Ryan Dunn and Chris Pontius are my hunks. Mm, interesting. I like that Ryan is sort of like a thicker king, and he has a nice beard. Is he the guy that is constantly wearing thongs? And he's no, that's still... Chris Pontius. Pont- that's Who's wild the one boy. that wraps up his penis Party boy. and has it whipped off by a That's Chris crack. Pontius. Okay. And he's your number two hunk? They're neck and neck. Chris okay. has that sort of like fun, cool guy, like the, the cool snowboarder bro that I never was, where he's like a shithead but like handsome um i liked that because i was never really a jock if you can believe it i've always just been like a pussy really oh yeah i would i don't believe it can i tell you a humiliating story from today from today from today still getting humiliated all right oh my god yeah still i get humiliated humiliation in me is like this at this point he's doing the the entwined he's doing the thing that they did back in like the 30s i don't think they still do that anymore yeah well 10 cents and a newspaper will get you tomorrow's weather really probably Probably not 10 cents. I got a dime around here somewhere. Yeah. Well, if we were on Jackass, I'd say, put it in my butt and I'll poop it out into a newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm not on Jackass. Right. No, um, I uh, I decided to do, a, in my mind, something that's like cool and magnanimous, but it really is just like, I'm just an old loser. But I got a very sweet email from my the high school theater group that I was a part of, the Proteus at, at the at the Pittsfield High School. And they're like, we're doing a, uh, our, our, like a play this week. Do you want, will you cover it? And I was like, I'd love to. And I was like, man, they must think it's so cool to get interviewed about their thing by, like, a real journalist. And they totally were, like, talking to some fucking weird guy on the phone. It was so funny. But I was like, you know, I, I directed a play at Proteus, oh, like, in, no. like, 2000. I, <laughs> oh, and and they're like, okay. They like, just didn't didn't give a shit. Yeah, of <laughs> didn't course give a not. shit. Why should they? Yeah. Well, the, what, what do I think they're going to ask me? Part of my job is that, I like, <laughs> I, I truly, like. It's true. You're a vassal. 
I am a vessel. You never and get to share yourself. I'm so vain, and you know this about me. And like, yeah. I love nothing more than talking about myself. I think I'm one of the coolest people to ever live. But like, my whole job is to be the guy in the middle, right? And or not even. The guy I thought on the for wall. a second maybe I, I could relate to this teenager sure. about how we both directed a play at PHS. I mean, that's a good and, and they were just completely not interested. Yeah, well, that says more about them than you. No, no, no. It says something about me. I should have said nothing at all. That's true. I opened the door a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have. You slant. You like swung the door open and started singing. Maybe yeah. uh, you could have started the conversation more slowly. But again, you're doing an interview, so this is really not the time and place for it. I also did something embarrassing that's haunting me, so I'm going to exercise it on the podcast. I realized that I needed to do a pronouns check because mm-hmm. it's generational, and I was going to say. I want to, like, what what pronouns you guys use. But, oh, I was, no. but in the middle, I was like, you know, I've just, why even set myself up for something here? I'm not going to say you guys. So I ended up saying you people. Oh, no. You're like, you're already turning into like a Nancy Pelosi. I know. This and as I was scary. saying, I was like, no, the dad doesn't sound right either. <laughs> you people. Oh, God. Anyways, I'm and not a bigot. I was trying Dennis. to do a nice thing and I, yeah. I got self conscious and. So it was like humiliation it's, on top of hum- – I both felt old and useless, which is fine, and then also felt like <laughs> you people, a teenager, who did use they, them pronouns. So I'm happy I asked, but I didn't – maybe saying you people uh, – I'm sure they've already forgotten about this exchange, mm-hmm. and, uh, but me as like a, a Jew who's in his 30s, I'll just remember this for the rest of my life until I die. It'll go away maybe. You'll, replace, you'll replace it tomorrow with something else. A new humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. I have faith. Okay, so we're getting to that point in the show. So, Charles, let me ask you this. I, you, look, you're a smart guy, right, relatively? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. You know my answer to for every movie of this installment. I literally told you that I couldn't sleep the other night, and I watched 2.5 and 3.5 back-to-back at 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't think there's a lot of suspense about my stance no. on this. Okay. I think one thing that's um, – I think that's – I would say that out of – you bring me to not ask the question, I think, more than I typically would. And I think overall, you ask the question less than I do. This is true. I, I tend to have a yes and attitude. Yeah, except for when it comes to me. Frequently, no. Yeah, with you, I'll say no Just, a lot. Like, push my face in the dirt. I've never done that. Push. Me. I would feel so bad if we, if we got into a fight, a physical <laughs> maybe, fight. Maybe, maybe we it, should. It's already the, bad when we fight emotionally. Maybe, what we should do is we should get into a fight and then do the... The uh, the trampoline thing that was at the end of this movie that was so lovely. Oh, the man dresses the penis and Chris Pontius in his thong, yeah, and dancing jumping, on a trampoline. And they're on, alternating on a lake. up and down. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty beautiful. That's how you get over everything. Um, so you're never going to ask. No, well, I'm saying certainly not for jackass. I, I literally mainline this uh, right now. It's it's comfort food that I did not know I needed. Before I answer it, can we just go through? I sort of need. While I'm not supposed to be using this, I do want to know what we're up to. What do you mean? So we have Jackass the movie, Jackass number two, Jackass presents Matt Hoffman's the, tribute to no, Evil no, no. We're, we're doing the theatrical movies. We're doing one, two, three, four. We're not doing the spinoffs. Jackass 3D. We're not doing Bad Grandpa. I think it's sort of am interested I in think Bad Grandpa. A, maybe we do as a bonus, but I think for the core, well, if we open that door, we're going to be, we can't cars it and watch that. I feel like you making me watch Planes, Trains, and Rescue Mobiles or whatever the fuck that shitty, shitty <laughs> movie was. That's what it should have been called. Jesus, that sucked. No. We're just doing one, two, three, four for the really? main feed. 
Okay. Charles, why? We can't, at a certain point, you can't... Well, you love him so much. Okay, so... Have, have you ever seen Jackass Presents, Evil Can you Madhoff? Uh, uh, that's the one where, where Johnny smashes his urethra, so I kind of want to see it now. Let's do it. There's only six. That's a lot. If we just skip the point fives... I'll tell you what, what, are you asking when will it end for Jackass 2, right? We'll make that decision later. At okay. this point, what is your interest level in watching Jackass 2? I'm not asking when will it end. Yeah, this is like a big fear. This is a big fear that I overcame. I don't. I remember watching that movie, Sweet Movie. Have you seen that or heard of that? I have not. No, it's like this Czech or Polish thing where people piss and vomit and shit. And it was like it's a fictional movie, but it has like real all that stuff. And I really, I had to like make make sure I watched it. That, but that's just like Europeans. They're so literal. Like right, Solo is mostly stupid as shit. Yeah. Like it's it's I get it, man. I think I get it. The metaphors in Solo are, but that's why I like this. Is that the that the metaphors aren't metaphors, and that they just they just exist on their own, and they let they do things inside your mind. Yeah, when Dave England shits himself and then shits in a sample toilet at a hardware store, he... it's not a metaphor. So we'll do MVPs next. Um, Most valuable poops? No, it's only... Dave England is a lot of poop. Right, so a lot, there's a lot of pooping. Actually, Preston gets in a pretty impressive poop in the next one. No, oh, I was going to ask. So like, each of them seems to have their skills. And yeah. All, oh, I, oh, all I really was England one who also ate the snow cone, or no? That that's Aaron. That's Aaron. Aaron sort of is kind of the whipping post. I think he's sort of like the guy who who's a little too eager to please and kind of the little brother of the bunch and really gets it a fair amount. Dave England is sort of more like if it involves shitting, you got Dave. Dave is amazing at shitting. Yeah. Chris and Steve are sort of Steve-O or well, Steve is sort of like you know he's the. He's pretty wild, and like his his drug and alcohol addiction got very crazy. I love his whole story on Miller High Lives. Well, it was free. If, if you read the credits, it's provided by Miller. That's awesome. I do also. Hey, if you're going to get sponsored by a beer, let it be Miller High Life. Yeah, like the, the what champagne and beer. Yeah, and I would say as the, though I don't drink as much now as I have in my life. Uh, there was a time where I could just drink Miller High Life all day, and it was really? the best. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really had them. They're pretty good. I got a bucket once, a pony or something. Yeah, yeah. I pony. would say if you're looking for a drinkable. Mass-produced American lager, it doesn't get a lot better than that. It's pretty nice. Um, but yeah, I think in the same way, I think we can keep the most valuable hunks alive. So the MVH continues. Um, I'm interested to see your, how your thoughts on that develop. Yeah. Um, un- sort of boringly, I will be giving my MVP to also Johnny Knoxville. I really do think he is, while there is no leader of this ragtag bunch. He's the, he's definitely the leader. I don't I don't even know if I'll go that I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. It's true. But he does, he's like a King Arthur, you know, where everyone gets their seat at the round table. That's beautiful. Yeah. The shit and puke and piss covered. <laughs> right. The broken glass littered. Right, Sir, um, yeah, what, what, Lance, Sir Poops a Lot. Sir Poops a Lot, that's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty that's good pretty for the first round. Sir drinks his own pee. Um, That's good, too. Yeah. Oh, Pers- Pissival. Sir that's P- all right. Sir Pissival. Sir Pissival, not Sir bad. Sir Percival. I don't know any other knights. I like that... Galadriel? I think that's an elf from uh, the yeah. other one. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's an immortal. Edit that out. No. Well, okay. okay. 40, 58, 58, Great. 58. So, okay. MVP, so, Johnny Knoxville. I think he, again, the same reason why I think he's the hunkiest, I just, he goes into every stunt as though it's not a stunt, except for there's a couple, and I think those moments are really nice to see him, even in the face of a grind. He's just like, uh, in the face of getting shot. Those are two moments where he sort of lost the coolness. But every t- other time, he was just like 
flying well, when around. he's concussed, he really drops the bit, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, he asks for help, like a oh, fucking grow baby. Up. I gotta agree with you, it's gotta be Johnny, because, like, I mean, this is just ultimately his brand at the end of the day but the two quotes from johnny from this movie that are that are immortal to me are uh there's no such thing as failure steve-o as steve-o attempts to tightrope walk over a pit full of alligators is so funny he's very funny yeah he's a very funny man and then uh is uh asking about how butterbean's doing after getting absolutely just demolished right and the that's thing, so fucking funny and it is the um like you should see the other guy basically yeah like, and, and, and it's but it's, like, it's his version joke of it. and it's his version and he, he that's why it's like not scripted but he is very he, like he is just naturally a funny person well he has that like i, I said bugs bunny earlier like gn big gn stinker energy sure but like also <laughs> like groucho marx energy oh, yeah. but like he just seems to have this lifeline connection to to, like but like this classic kind of vaudeville entertainment where it's funny to see someone do a pratfall and it's funnier if they do a pratfall in a room filled with shit and snakes and it's funnier if he just falls like that's what he realized that pratting is out pratting is so fucking early 20th century you know what we need just falling yeah that's better yeah, Just and fall. and that speaks to like technology, where it's like through the miracle of video, where it's like you got to do this basically one time. <laughs> you're not a traveling roadshow. You're not doing this right. like for an yeah. audience. If you're gonna like, I don't know, I don't know, stick a fucking car in your asshole to get an X-ray of it, which is still one of the most incredible images of the entire series. That was interesting. Do you think that was like a weird homophobia on the part of Steve-O's dad? Like, what was it about that stunt that was so like? Uh, probably, yeah. I, mean, I, I think uh, I think for a lot of guys, they're more comfortable seeing someone, you know, fucking eat a tarantula than like do anything remotely gay. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. It's like it doesn't even look that big. Obviously, it's sort of pointy, but it's in a condom. <laughs> it's like I've shoved shit up my asshole. It's bigger than that. And Charles, I, I love you for it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that surprising, unfortunately. No, and then certainly, like, look, like. You know, it's a great stunt. It's like great getting, stunt. getting an X-ray of a toy car. <laughs> it's so funny. In your the look hilarious. on that nurse's face as she looks at the fucking image. Incredible, dude. It reminds me of like when Borat got like was so big and everyone loved it. And it's like, oh, that is what Jackass turned into, basically. Well, Borat is after. That's what I mean. Jackass. I was like, that's the 2010s. Like that was their response. No, like, Borat was to like 2004 or something. Oh shit, really? I gotta look it up. But that was a long time ago. No, it was not 2004. It wasn't 2010. Fuck, we're we gonna argue numbers again, John. 2006. I was way closer. Yeah, and by the Price is Right rules, you're also a winner. Hey, hey must be the money if you want to go and get mm. with me up to California mm. again. Um, yeah, I think like at the end of the day, here's the jackass thing: you're not smarter than it, you're not better than it. It's elemental. It's like part of the earth. It's right. funny to watch people get hurt. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. It just is. And and, and all of the little affectations that make it this, like, twisted hellscape of, like, uh, you know, an animated show came to life. Like, just make it all the funnier. And I love it. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you. I think Jackass 2, they're all great. Jackass 2 really has some of my all-time favorite images of life. I'm excited. One question that I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm thinking about is, I'm, I'm always thinking franchising now. So what is, like... These are ultimately just a series of bits. But, but where... for example, in this one, we get that little like it's Jackass the movie, and like you're like, oh no, like are, are they going to do a whole thing? But then at the end, Spike Jones gives us a little like 
full on it's a movie for two minutes right <laughs> and that's so and and honestly the arc of it as you said like it starts slow and it goes somewhere i think it is interesting to see that this is a like some skits are 30 seconds and yet sort of like an art rock album or something they still tell that story dynamics through, babe through tracks so it's I'm, I'm interested to see is like how is four years or whatever going to change the way they want to tell their story what stunts they're going to do and is this going to feel like like we just smash cut to two or is there going to be obviously they look look different apparently fewer teeth in some of them but like is this going to feel like the next skit that just could have spliced right at the end of one or is this going to be its own journey its own chapter so i think it's a a wonderful question and going into four i had the same question because you know, obviously the yeah, the, so the, the lurking concern is like how could this possibly still shock surprise and fucking like completely delight me it's like a weird comforting quilt you know what i mean where like you just keep adding to the quilt and it's all it's all the same quilt but each new patch does bring out a new color in the quilt yeah. on that note let's go eat some grits yeah yeah